No beer, Lisa went to four beer, Lisa, really quick. You cannot play God, then wash your hands of the things that you've created. Sooner or later, the day comes when you can't hide from the things that you've done anymore. Welcome back to another week of Beers, Beats, and Battlestar Galactica, where we, your co-hosts, Kaylee and Lisa, through rain, hail, or way too much sunshine, take you through the sci-fi original series, Battlestar Galactica, episode by episode, and we drink beer. We drink a lot of beer because right now it is summer in Brooklyn, and we have turned off the air conditioner to soothe your precious ears. We genuinely tried, and it just hums in the background. It doesn't work at all. So it's like 35 degrees Celsius here today. It is, I think, 90-something. Fahrenheit? It's going to be 99 on Sunday, and I'm going to be at sea. Yeah, it's going to be great for you. I was supposed to go to Aussie Fest, which is now cancelled. Thank freaking gods for that. I spent like 20 extra minutes getting my printer out to print your ticket. (laughs) I would have been here in time for dinner. (laughs) sorry. Uh, They only announced it like just a a little bit ago. Apparently, the mayor cancelled it. Uh, I had free tickets, so I'm not mad. People are mad online at Aussie Fest, and it's like, guys, this was not their choice. I'm sure they're losing. You said the mayor canceled it? Yeah, yeah. Bill de Blasio. He was like, Blame it's too hot. Exactly. Yell at him on Twitter. Aussie Fest have just lost a fuckload of money. It is so far from their fault. I feel really bad for them. So anyway, I was like, I was excited to get a free ticket. But then when I saw the weather, I was like, damn it. I don't want to go outside tomorrow. I want to stay at home and binge the new season of Veronica Mars, which Ooh. has dropped a week early. What? I just what a watched treat. the first episode and Logan Eccles is buff AF. I so have feelings about Logan Eccles. I do not like him, nor do I find him a particularly attractive man. I but just... when he stepped out of the ocean, I was like, holy Moses, he's just a lot. I was looking forward to seeing this cast older because I've, I've been binging Veronica Mars for the first time because yes. I've never seen it before. So I am really enjoying it. Time. It is. I have like a ton of thoughts about Veronica Mars that we probably shouldn't spend a lot of time on right now because this is a Battlestar Galactica podcast. Uh, we but, have, Veronica but one Mars of them fans. is that like just they made Logan Eccles so unbelievably unlikable in the like the first half of the first season that I cannot and will not recover from it. Bum <laughs> fights? Are you fucking kidding me? That man I is know. a nightmare. I know, I know. I just can't. Every time she kisses him, I shudder. Yes. And spoiler alert for season two of Veronica Mars. I guess. Anyway, we always do a spoiler alert after we drop the spoiler. <laughs> We're really, really pros. I just pros. keep waiting for one of my favorite podcasts to mention the ending of Battlestar Galactica. And just like every time someone even brings it up, I'm like, skip ahead, skip ahead. Well, Ronald D. Moore dropped a spoiler a li- for this episode yeah. one of the last times. But to be fair, I kind of knew that like this would happen. But back to Veronica Mars, I will say this is a spoiler alert for the first episode of season four, but it doesn't like spoil the plot. It's just something I'm really excited about. Does it spoil anything I haven't seen at the end of season three? It's nothing. It's a new 
new character. Oh, okay. But there is a new character called Nicole, and she is a like a black woman who's a business owner. She has a bar, and it's like spring break week, and there's a chick who's like passed out on the couch, and some guy goes up and like puts her on his lap and is taking photos. And she calls security and they they hadn't come yet. And so she puts on like fisticuffs, like those like hand things to punch people. Brass knuckles? No, they weren't brass. It was like more like what you put onto box, Mm. like a hand wrap or something. So she puts them on. She goes out. She smashes the phone. She puts it in his drink. And then she punches him in the face. I love her. And I know. And I'm like, this is the correct response (laughs) to someone taking advantage of a drunk woman in a bar. And then her security guard comes up. And she's like, 86 these men, which I was like, correct. And then she said, and find this woman's piece of shit friends. And if you can't find them, just put her in prison for the night so she's safe. And I was like, fuck yes. I'm just into this character already so look out for nicole you guys it's like in the first like 20 minutes of the episode that's exciting it was an excellent time also for the first like 10 minutes that logan's on screen he's topless so i just hope this is how he's always gonna be i mean wallace is also what else pretty does he hot have now to offer too. yeah uh, that i could see happening i mean does um what's her name tessa thompson does she come no, back no she's not coming back she's too big now she is she's too gorgeous famous. you're talking about mac no who are you talking about um wallace's girlfriend who's super famous now oh i don't know the actor's names i know who you're talking about um and i think she dated only... janelle monet for a minute she's on westworld she yeah, was yeah, in yeah. she's in thor and the marvel for sure, movies for sure. she's, i don't think she's in it but she was too big for, for that long she but i like, love her so that's why i was asking but she she was like only on the show for like i a love minute. her in other stuff her, her role in veronica mars is fine she was a child yeah. um but, but the i big, love her in other stuff the big person who everyone's disappointed about is mac because mac's not coming back I was so excited to see her because she she was a child actor mm. um, and she's great. Did you have you seen Karina Karina? No, because that was a staple of my childhood and she is the lead child actor in that movie. Interesting. It's set in the 50s. It's Whoopi Goldberg and one of the white guys. Michael, not not Michael Keaton. Somebody, Michael someone. Some white, Michael some white guy David. whose name is probably Michael. Uh, and they, they're in like... They, she's like the nanny essentially, and they end up in an interracial relationship in the oh, 50s. Oh, wow. That's um, a racy thing right there. Is it actually a really cute movie, though? And she's really good in it. And I was glad to see, I didn't know what became of her. So I was glad to see that she had a career like after being a little child. Mm. She's great. I love Mac. I think a lot of people love Mac. And a lot of people love Logan. A lot of people hate Logan. So, I mean, no, it's not his fault. My favorite thing about Logan is that Logan is a character who grew up in Southern California and sounds like he's straight out of Brooklyn. (laughs) Hey, Veronica. Do you know what's really cute is actually him and the guy who plays, um, what's his face? The really blonde bowl cut, like Dick. Dick, him and yes. Dick are like, and and it's Kristen so, Bell. It's so obvious that you think it shouldn't be Dick, but it is. It is. Uh, him and Dick and Kristen Bell. So Dick and Kristen Bell, they're friends in real life, and their kids play together, and they go on holidays together. I That's think. That's precious, which is adorable. And then the guy who plays Logan and Dick are really good friends as well. And so I didn't notice it until the new season of Veronica Mars came out, and then I just saw them all on each other's Instagram, and I'm like, this is precious. That's super cute. I think Dick is coming back, but he's not in the first episode. Okay. Yeah, Dick. Where are you up to now? I'm like 
pushing through i think it might be at the halfway point of season three or just pushing towards it but uh, how good is it it is it's really good it's interesting to me because it like it hits me in my buffy spots a lot which is nice um but they i feel like sometimes in a good way and sometimes in a way that ages less well really call out race mm-hmm. and class differences all the time in a way that buffy always just ignored that mm-hmm. um so for better, for worse, for a show from that era, like they definitely didn't shy away from that. It's a huge part of telling the story. For sure. So I think that's really interesting. Well, she, I think the reason why I love it so much is because like throughout my life, I feel like I've been in so many different classes at every point. Like my family sits across different classes. And so I think that for me to watch it and like what I'm like when she's like the rich people are like, how did you do that? And she's like, I have friends in low places. And actually like a lot of my success when I first entered into like the affluent world was because I just knew how to speak to people who didn't have a big bank account and a privileged upbringing. Imagine like, real being people. a useful skill. <laughs> but it was really helpful. And I think it's just for me, I think that element of, of her kind of existing between the two is really interesting. It is. And I... I do appreciate that they really went there when those are very difficult conversations to have. For sure they are. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I really love about Rob Thomas is that he calls himself on his Twitter account, the other Rob Thomas. And I think... I thought that when I first saw his name pop up. And then I think that like in the... I think it's in the third season when they're like at the beach. One of them makes a joke about Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20. And then in iZombie, which is another one of his TV shows, Rob Thomas is actually on it. So he's performing and then gets like eaten by zombies. And it's like, I freaking just love that they're like, dude, we have the same name. Let's make it fun. And I feel like Matchbox 20 would have been huge right around the Veronica Mars era. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not so much. And I think that's why iZombie, he could actually like get him on the show because so I think they're funny. not so much now. Anyway, love love Matchbox 20. They're a great band. Uh, anyway. Anyway. We this, should get into it. Uh, what are you drinking, Kaylee? told me this is a Battlestar Galactica podcast. Uh, this is a pop culture podcast. <laughs> so for this episode, I have here a Save the Robots East Coast IPA by Radiant Pig Beers. Very and I'm going to very deftly hold three things now where I tell you where it's from. Oh, yeah. I reordered my room and I haven't put up the shelf yet. Yeah, so, so I'm just... Kaylee doesn't have if, the normal If I can't hold space. it in my hands... Oh, this is also Dorchester Brewing Company from Boston. Nice. Boston. Or no, okay. Go so Celtics. I think because the last time we called out the beer and then it seemed like the beer was from a different place. This is crafted by Radiant Pig Beers, in, which is in New York, but it's canned in Boston somehow. How economical? Is it? No. <laughs> that was because that was it went... From New York to Boston to New York. Anyway, save the robots. Uh, And then I have Beyond the Void by Three's Three's Bewing. Three's Brewing, which is actually kind of hard to say uh, after some codeine and some cola and some alcohol. Mm. Uh, Go figure. Uh, It's a double IPA. and It has some nice planets on the can. It does. It has nice planets. It's got a person. We'll put pictures up. And it is from Brooklyn, from Douglas Street specifically. Oh, we're so local today. We are so local except for the one that went from New York to to Boston. Boston. Yeah, I mean, 
you got to do a road trip sometimes. <laughs> uh, and we are talking about a pretty freaking excellent Pretty episode. solid episode after another solid episode. I have to say that like I enjoy like this was great because it pushed so much forward and I feel like the overall arc and all of that. But I think like still last week's episode was better written last week's episode had a lot of heart it it had less to accomplish so it had more time for like fun humor and really interesting scenes between characters that Mm. don't necessarily further the plot this episode was like boom 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 plot 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 and we kept thinking it would end because it felt like so much had happened we We felt like it was a double episode like we paused it to look at the time and it's just it's a regular length Episode. episode of television so if you haven't figured it out we are talking about season four, episode 10, Revelations, uh, which is the mid-season finale of BSG, which I read on the... Ba- I don't know if you listened to the podcast I did. this time around. I read that this was basically their their version of the season five finale of Buffy, where they weren't sure if they were coming back after mm, this. So they kind of ended on a note that they felt comfortable ending on in case after the, they never came back after the writer's strike. Yeah. Ronald D. Moore definitely said that that was what they did. They were not sure if they were going to come back. I think by the time they recorded the podcast, they knew it's still unsure to me whether or not Ronald D. Moore would have ended it with the same last scene or right? if he would have ended it with the jubilation. Uh, no, I think I think our man would have ended it just where it ended. Yeah, and that would have been very interesting. I mean, obviously, I haven't seen the rest, but fun fact from the podcast, actually, because I didn't work this out from the last episode, and I didn't know if it was evident, but apparently, them killing the Cylon Red ship was the ending of the Harbinger of Death prediction about. Kara Thrace. So mm. I would, because on the podcast, they were like, oh, yeah. So obviously, we were wrapping up all the things. And like, one of them is that Starbuck is the harbinger of death. Obviously, we wrapped that up last episode with the re- resurrection. Oh, obviously. And I was like, was that obvious? Because I definitely still thought she was the harbinger of death. So apparently, it's a that's pretty vague up. prediction. Uh, interesting. Yeah. So I thought that was a super interesting kind of nugget from the podcast that yeah. uh, you will lead them all to their end. Now they're all mortal yeah so, so they i guess still aren't gonna sense. i guess i think most of them won't age and die like humans do but they still if they die they're dead yeah yeah i mean i but that was just an interesting thing uh related to last episode that they said on this podcast very interesting um but yes it was on the podcast they did discuss this yeah but i'm glad they i mean i think i'm glad they got to do another half season I am yet to see it, so we'll see. A lot of everyone I talk to about Battlestar Galactica who has seen it all, and I tell them I have a podcast, quickly followed by no spoilers, I haven't seen it all, and they're like, what the fuck? And then a lot of them are like, including my colleague, shout out to Joe, who is like, I have so many feelings about the second half of Battlestar Galactica. A lot of people do. And so I'm just like, please let me watch it already. Anyway, I'm excited for this podcast I think to end people so I have, can watch the next episode. People have strong feelings about 
this home stretch and that i'll just leave it at that okay mm-hmm. uh so this episode is brought to you by the bsg dream team thompson weddell and reimer bringing out the big guns for this indeed season finale yep you want to get into our beat by beat we should i mean we're already we quite gotta a get, long way in we I might mean, have yeah, to uh, this is this became a veronica mars podcast at some point i think but. it's important and i think we have to give the people what they need Yes. And I think that and the people have been banging down our doors to, to get us to talk about Veronica. To Mars. be fair, I think Supersonic does do that. <laughs> uh, he is always sharing Veronica Mars memes with me, <laughs> not us. You don't well, care. Well, I can but now have you them can. now because now um, I watch it. But I also think that a lot of our fans watch Veronica Mars, and I think those that don't might enjoy it, is all I'm saying, because they, they like a quality television. It's a television. good bingeable show, I'll tell you that much. It's very, like, the season-long arc is, like, one of the best I've ever seen. Like, I mean, in terms of, especially when you analyze a show like Battlestar Galactica, where they're like, I think maybe this will happen now and then you watch veronica mars where like the whole season is like very obviously kind of planned around this like long time mystery it is good writing and it's usually when there is a one-off episode on that show there's still some sort of uh little bit more long-term plot point that gets developed but also it's like one of the only shows where i didn't necessarily predict it straight away i can predict i i feel smart when i watch veronica mars because i can predict things usually about five minutes before they happen i can predict them within the episode yeah. but i feel like with the overall arc it's no you can't i feel but they like, set it up that way that makes it mm, it's a, like a classic really good. mystery because they're like what about this guy he's shady what about this chick i feel oh like the God. only one i predicted effectively was season three the okay, last well, one i'm not there three. yet so. yeah 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 that's the only one where i was like um but there's like season three is interesting because there's like a plot at the beginning which you think is like the plot right and then it which changes. i think that's i just got to the resolution of yeah the yeah first and then plot. there's yeah yeah so mm-hmm. i think the second one is maybe the only one that i like properly okay predicted and then i think the one that you just resolved i think i half got it but then yeah. i doubted myself anyway but season one and two i didn't see it coming until no it's a solid solid like mystery show it's really fun i love the relationship with her and her dad it's very cute who's your daddy <laughs> oh my god it's just good because i love that they point out that that's a very incorrect thing to say but i also kind of love it no they're they're precious he's a great actor actually the first episode of season four he's it actually shows a lot about him aging which i think is beautiful Aww. like but i think it's good i think these things are really yeah, important yeah. on television you know he's taking his pills he's doing his exercises he's got a walking cane he's forgetting things that he's like trying to go to the doctor but he doesn't have enough money you know like just shit like that it's like these things are hard anyway okay all right Battlestar we'll Galactica. There, this is also a good episode of Battlestar Galactica so let us actually talk about it yes beat by beat let's go previously on starbucks viper mm-hmm. how remember that guys remember did remember? it get there why is it so clean and shiny speaking of mysteries we may never know but we will find out something about it later we sure will uh so we open with hey mr president <sighs> that's what we open with honestly Happy though birthday. lee is <laughs> better at being um I want to acknowledge what you just did there. I was trying to talk over you and now I have to stop and acknowledge your Marilyn. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not going to do it again. But <laughs> I'll keep it in with us over the top of each other. Um, <sighs> I think what you're going to say is exactly what I have in my notes, which is that I hate that he's president 
but he's pretty good in this episode. He's better than he has any right to be at being president, I think. I yes. think it's a I think it's a little bit of a stretch that he is this good at being president, but he makes a lot of good calls and he's very strong mm. and I don't hate him in this episode. I just hate every fracking moment that got us here. Yes, I would wholeheartedly agree with that. Also, one of our listeners, I think it might have been Anna, but I'm not sure, mentioned something that I think is worth noting because we talk always about Leah Dahmer's white privilege is that Papa Adama is not white. No. Uh, but I think we can safely say Jamie Bamba is quite white. Yes, he is. Um, but I do want to acknowledge Edward James almost because he has done like so much for his community and like is like very much not that. But I think what Anna said was, and I think it was Anna, and I'm sorry if it's not no, Anna. No, it was Anna. Was that it's about the name, not the ethnicity. His and privilege comes that. from a place of like nepotism. Yeah, yeah it comes from nepotism, from not from race. Who his daddy but is. He is. Who's your daddy? Like, exactly. <laughs> um... Yeah, and I think within the world of the show, it's important to consider that. And also within the world of the show, race is not something they ever talk about except humans versus Cylons. Or Sagittarians. But yeah, I think basically kind of their version, they they do a lot more with class difference. And I think the class difference is really exemplified by like what, what colony you come from, what planet you live on. But a lot of race um, difference uh, and class difference struggles are often similar. I mean, super linked in our world. Conflated often, so I think it's still. Anyway, it's still. It's we are still, as we always say, watching the show through the lens of the world that we live in, mm-hmm. and based on that, Leodama in many ways seems to exemplify white privilege. Mm-hmm. But we could call out this show because I think in 2019, if you cast. The son of Edward James almost as a guy who's super white. You might get some flack for that. Especially when his actual son is in the show. Yeah, but Bodhi almost couldn't have carried off that role. Press, bless his little heart. Yeah, probably not. That would have been really I cool. love him as hot dog, though. Yeah, he's great Could as Could you hot imagine dog. him President Bodhi almost? <laughs> <laughs> you mean my... President hot dog. President hot dog. <laughs> I want to see that show. <sighs> I, I do mean, too. isn't that kind of our reality now? <laughs> I think Hot Dog uh, wouldn't be a great president, but oh. I think he would be an unbelievably vast improvement over our current situation. We have President KFC now, or is it President McDonald's? I'm very confused. It's uh, one of them. I don't. I, I actually don't know if you're referring to a specific thing, but President. Oh, he he ordered a bunch of Burger King once for s- some people. Yeah, He's I was also making a joke about Trump and his fast food. President went right over your head. Racist motherfucker. Pussy grabber? Any of those. Hey, America, don't kick me out of your country. (laughs) I love America. What are you talking about? Hey, America, I was born here. Yeah, Kaylee said all of that. I didn't say a word. All I want about you. I can't. Apparently, freedom of speech is only for the free American citizens. (laughs) Uh, So, all of that to say, hey there, Mr. President. So, Starbuck, when she walks into the room, is the first line of the episode. Mm -hmm. We're doing great. Mm -hmm. She comes in and Lee is in Adama's quarters rifling through Rosalind's things, uh, which it just feels like doubly uh, a violation somehow. Mm -hmm. But um, he is looking at a book that has an illustration of the Temple of Aurora. It looks like the language is not English. That's probably true. Yeah. 
Uh, I think he was just looking at the pictures. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> or he reads another language because of course he would. No, I think he would not. I think he would... Have someone else read it and take the credit yes. for it? Okay. Yes, I think that's the that's answer we were looking works. for. Ding, ding, ding. Yeah. So Can I say though that in the podcast, they all love Jamie Bamba. Like they love Leah Jama's arc. They love oh, yeah. where he's at. I'm sure. I'm sure Jamie Bamber is really nice. No, by the you way. don't make this show with uh, like Leah Dama being Leah Dama if you don't love that character, mm. which is why it's not the show that I would make. It's a show that I love for many other reasons, mm. but my dream Battlestar Galactica wouldn't rely on him so heavily. But it sounds like Jamie Bamber is one of the most delightful humans and we on love the you jamie bamba we, we do. do and your Listen american accent you. is phenomenal and you're a great actor at you what are. you were with what you were given to and do. they actually also admitted that they didn't really know what the frack they were doing with apollo for a long time cool, cool, and they're cool. like but here we are we ended up with him so that's fine we yep. like where we're at great 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 that's good <laughs> so he talks about like this whole story we don't care about this whole blah 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 my dad's chair yeah, they do a really big zoom-in shot on the empty chair that I actually lasts for a long time. I do like the zoom-in shot on the empty chair. <laughs> it reminds me of the episode of Buffy where she's invisible and the camera work in that episode is hilarious <laughs> because they they act They're like she's there. Filming, They're filming yeah. her and it's just so perfect. It reminded me of that. Interesting. Yeah, I agree. And it is kind of like Adama is present but not actually visible. Um, I do think it's interesting that he the same desk that was in Adama's study uh, when Lee was growing up is now on the Battlestar Galactica. I guess they had that specially shipped. I didn't know if they meant that he used to work for the Battlestar Galactica and Lee would come see him at the office. He's only been on the Battlestar Galactica for the last three years, I think. Or it was three years before the attacks. So like six years, Mm, something like that. Okay, so maybe it's not the same. No, I think he just like loves his desk and was like, I'll be your, what was he before he was Admiral? Captain, I guess. Uh, yes, we if are I can bring my own desk. already. Uh, I must bring my own desk. Yes. yes. BYO so. desk. <laughs> then we have Starbuck just say some really weird shit about the parents having to die. She does. She, yeah, she mentions, like, she acknowledges that what happened with Leoban was creepy by referring to their home, quote unquote, on New Caprica as a dollhouse. Um, but then Shout she's out like, to Dollhouse, the television show. And the Ibsen play. Is that Ibsen? I don't know. Mm. I'm sorry. Did you study theater? Oh, I'm sorry. Have I not mentioned that? (laughs) I'm sorry. It's been a long time. I don't understand your high art references right there. Ibsen, I will be embarrassed. Oh, Um, goodness. What a faux pas. (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you thought that was Ibsen. (laughs) Clearly, it's someone else. Uh, anyway, what uh, anyway, I wanted to say okay, about this, yes, please. the reason why I brought it up, is because a lot of the point of this episode was to see what Kara and Lee would do when they, things were left up to them. So that's why they kind of, t- even when Adama comes back, they like take him out of action. And so I think that's what this line is about at the beginning. They're like, remember what we said about death of the parents? This is effectively what this episode is supposed to be. It's just creepy because... They've been gone for less than a week as well. They've been gone for zero amount of time. (laughs) Leoban was a a creepy kidnapper torturer. And she's like, you know what? He was a bad guy. But he said this thing about how, like, you can't really come into your own until your parents die that I really relate to. (laughs) 
and then they do this great scene jump where we're on the Cylon Bay ship and they're like, so we'll have you back to your people in an hour. <laughs> and they're already like, oh, I guess he's dead. I guess we're on our own. Guess it's finally time for me, Leo Dama, president of the colonies, to come into my own because my father is very dead. <laughs> it's just a little too soon. Yeah, it's pretty silly. Yeah. Uh, so Deanna drops at the final four that we know of are the only final four that are in the fleet at this time. Yes. Mm. Interesting. She's I like, thought that was interesting. And I want them. There is a deleted scene mm. that I'm really sad we don't have. And I don't know exactly where it fits, but relevant. There's a scene with Bolter and Rosalind talking about the fact that there are only four in the fleet. And Bolter's like, if there are only four in the fleet, maybe one of us is the fifth. And then he goes, maybe it's you. Maybe it's me. It's me. It's probably me. <laughs> it's just so good. And Rosalind's just like, don't you think that if it was you, then you would be like with Tori right now? Like, come on. But it was just a great Bolter really scene of him funny. again trying to make it about him. He's like, <laughs> just wants to be the most special boy in the universe. It's just, it was so good. I was just <laughs> like, of course, that's a scene. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. Those deleted scenes have some gold, man. Sometimes. And actually, there are a lot of deleted scenes they talk about on the podcast that don't exist on the DVD, and it makes me so sad. Uh, yeah, I think a lot of them don't like it. Like, apparently, there's a massive extended scene of Adama, like, vomiting and trying to clean up his bloody hand when he finds out about Ty. Mm. And I, it's not on the deleted scenes. They might have... Well, we'll get there, but I feel like they might have cut that because... The timeline of the episode is about five minutes long, as we discussed when we were watching it. Yeah. Also, there was like maybe 20 extra minutes on this or something. Okay. Yeah. Anywho. So they're trying to debate about what to do to cooperate with the humans. And Deanna's like, well, we cooperated with them on New Caprica. No, it didn't work. girl, you didn't. That no. is not how cooperation is. You rolled up and established a dictatorship. <laughs> That's not the same thing. <laughs> They're just learning. They're very new race. They're so young. They're trying to learn. Oh, baby. Oh, sweetie, honey, love. <laughs> but she's like, no, I think we're not going to trust them. They're never going to forgive us for the genocide thing that we did. I mean, uh, humans are petty like that. Yeah. So I think maybe we'll just hold all the people we have here hostage. And she's in league with the centurions who have free will now, but they are right with her. I mean, that one centurion who was uh, radicalizing died, unfortunately. Otherwise, Gaius would have him all on his side by now. You know what? You might be right. <laughs> and then that, that last scene where he's with all his ladies holding up their hands, there would have be been a bunch of centurions. Well. You would grab the hand of a centurion and start bleeding a little because they're very sharp. Yeah. Anyway, so they, Adama and everybody kind of draws when the centurions, like, make their hands become guns like they do <laughs> um, and Rosalind's like no you gotta stand down like we're not gonna win this right now and Adama he allows it and Hilo interestingly is the last one to put his gun down mm. not as fluffy feelings about the silence when they're pointing weapons at you huh Hilo yeah seems like hmm. so it Rosalind goes in for like a tender embrace with Adama but she's like hey Hey, buddy, uh, the silence can't get Earth, so um, you got to go back. 
like they want you to and then you gotta just blow up the ship with me <laughs> on it and you gotta be fine with that i know you just waited out in the middle of space for me because you can't live without <laughs> me but hey, you have hi. to be ready at a moment's notice to just blow me to pieces yeah 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 so back on the galactica gata is back in the office it's having a hard day poor gata dropped his pills i think he dropped something yeah it's rough he dropped into a place in my heart <laughs> sorry guys we just watched we just watched the i've i've been holding off because i couldn't quite handle it uh we just watched the alessandro giuliani singing live at con which Gators somebody was in the room live for one of our fans uh, lisa or anna or both of them one of them anna anna i want to say anna Anyway, I had not watched it yet because I just, I've had a week and I couldn't handle it. And then I just watched it and I just, I, I can't, I can't. I had to look up if he was married. Just <laughs> that is what she did. Just to check after <laughs> just to check because look, you know, he's just maybe one of the sexiest men alive is all I'm saying. <laughs> And look, I don't know. Anyway, if you're listening, Alessandro, just, I won't be creepy, but let's just meet. <laughs> Famous last words. No, no, honestly, he's just great. Anyway, he drops his thing and then we get D. I actually just, every time D shows up and does something way below what she should be doing, I just have it written in my notes, like D explanation point. Seriously. Exclamation? Exclamation point. Exclamation. It's not an explanation point. Is the word. I wish I had an explanation for why she's not as featured in these episodes. Um, I think it was Lisa who saw this delightful performance live. The wrong Lisa, I would say. <laughs> the wrong Lisa <laughs> seems excessive. It should have been me. No, I'm Oh, joking. wait, no, Anna. Wait. It was Anna. Oh, no, Lisa, I think she said she was there, but she had to leave early and she missed it. Yes. Anyway, the point of this conversation is find us on Twitter because our fans are nerdy and wonderful. They are nerdy and wonderful. Okay. And one day we'll get ourselves to a con after... After I after can deal with the spoilers. This Lisa. Correct Lisa. No. I don't know about that. We don't mean that, listener Lisa. It was just <laughs> in terms of sharing the same Ho- airspace host, with Alessandro Giuliani. Lisa. I would like to say that I would just hazard a guess that no one in our listenership loves Alessandro Giuliani as much as me and fight me. Because I know you all have your crushes and I'm pretty sure that I am the strongest Alessandro Giuliani crush. I think I'm holding strong as the strongest Katie Sackhoff crush. I think that you win the Starbuck race. Oh, actually, Kara would fight you. Ooh. Yeah. I'll I'll take that fight. Yeah, yeah. I would they fight. are coming to America in September. So let's see. Well, actually, we may or may not just have to get them on for a guest episode of Battlestar Galactica. Well, if it's I know September, we'll be finished by be then. in another city. I know, but I mean, I will state. get them on to do yes. a recap or cover some bonus content or maybe an episode of Caprica. I don't know. I haven't actually started. I haven't actually spoken to Kara about this. Hey, Kara, how do you feel about coming on an episode of Battlestar Galactica and be a... Let's move on. Let's move on. I am five lines into my notes. And you got a lot of notes, girl. I got three pages, everyone. That is the record. That is my record. Post Lisa record. Yes. Uh, all right. So, Dreda's contact. Cylon Bayship jumping in with, oh, Adama's Raptor. 
They are back. Adama was successful. It was not a suicide mission. He just took a week off. Yeah. Everyone can relax. He got a lot of reading done. Mm, but still didn't finish that book. Nope. Can't nope. finish the book yet. Nope. No time yet. So everyone rolls up to like greet Adama in the like hangar deck or whatever, but also with a squad of like Marines with guns mm-hmm. um, because they've got a Deanna on board. The only one. The, the only Deanna. The only Deanna in the world. Uh, Sam and Tyrrell are like up on the, I want to call it a balcony, which seems like the wrong term for a military purpose, mm-hmm. but it looks like a balcony. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Sam's like, Hey, maybe she just like, won't recognize us. Mm-hmm. I have my hand up. Yes. Yes. Uh, so a couple of things. Firstly, there were going to be a lot more scenes with the Cylons reaction to Deanna coming on board, but then mm-hmm. they didn't happen, but they felt very happy with the way that they just all did the shots of seriously looking at each other. I love a good scene where a bunch of people in a room seriously just looking. look at each other and no one says anything. It's very it's soap like opera. You looking at you, you looking at you, them looking at each other and then back to looking yeah. at you. Also, it's great. one more thing. Mm. In this scene with Diana talking to them, there are extra parts that were deleted. Hmm. One of them is Adama threatening to, I think it's like stab a nail in the hide of Diana. <laughs> it's very much and then lee pulling him aside and asking him to back his play uh, and like kind of step aside and let him like take charge i suppose so that that adds a little bit of extra i think that was a really interesting thing that they talked about on the podcast which is i try to scratch my nose and it look really weird because i tried to like keep talking in the microphone it and did you were my talking nose. very fast and scratching your nose and it, it was itchy it, like you're um, on a substance i am not on a substance <laughs> Except codeine. And that is because I get cramps. And once a month, I need to have codeine mm-hmm. for a day. One of the things I was saying on the podcast, which was really interesting to me, was that the interesting thing about the scenes that get deleted, which I think is why it's always interesting to bring them up, is because the actors film them, they inform the other scenes that they shoot. So even though Absolutely. we don't see them, I think that that's a really interesting thing. And that's something that they said. One more thing thing that they said which i thought was really funny and that you'll appreciate is that um this kind of like them coming off the ship blah 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 thing was a really good reason to get athena out of jail with no questions yeah that's (laughs) that's one of the things i watched the episode without thinking about somehow and then read on the wiki and i was like oh yeah athena is just back in service they were like oh the really good thing about them coming on board is that we just took athena out of jail and we didn't have to make up any excuse for it I just love how honest they are on the pod. I appreciate that too. It's Mm. a real insight into a decision we might have spent 20 minutes analyzing. It's why it's always good to listen to the podcast. Yes. Very informative. Um, Anyway, so Deanna comes on and her big plan is like, I got these hostages. I'll trade them for the four. That you don't know. That you don't know. And she says... I'm already in communication with them. And it's Which is like, a lie. but no, but you think that it's bec- like anybody else in the room would be like, oh, it's because they're silence and they have like a silent connection. It's just no, all four of them are <laughs> in the room and they heard her with their silent ears. Uh, yes. <laughs> One thing I will say also from the podcast, apparently when they called Lucy Lawless to come and play the role again, hmm. uh, she said, sure. But only if Diana is still a villain and 
isn't a born again Cylon because of her experience, uh, which I great loved. caveat. And so they they were like, it's the correct choice. But I just love that that came from uh, that came from Lucy. That brings me all kinds of joy. Isn't it great? Yeah. She was like, I'm only coming back if I'm a villain. Brilliant. <laughs> Uh, I love her. Yeah, she's love great. Her to pieces. And yeah, I love Deanna as this like, I'm the only one of me left in the universe and I'm only out for myself. And it's I great. don't care about anyone or trust anyone. It it's, is super great. It's a perfect way to set up a villain because it's very, her situation is very believable, I think, mm-hmm. in terms of this world. Anyway, she's like, I'm going to go chill out on the base ship and I'll wait for the final four to just show up. And all you guys have to do is not stand in their way. And then our girl Tori. So clever. Brilliantly is like, oh, the president is like cancer and I have her medication. I'm like her trusted aide. So I just like I have to go. I've been with her for two years. Two whole years, which is like two thirds of the space apocalypse. Exactly. And she needs me and I have to go. And Deanna's like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, sure. I guess we'll allow it. Yeah. Our sister has returned. (laughs) Uh, It's pretty brilliant that she finds a way onto the Cylon ship without having to confess. I also love how she's just like, yep, these my people. And just like bails like that. Oh, totally. I wonder if she'd done that if she hadn't have had that disagreement with Roslyn. I think it really informed that scene. For sure. I still think she would have gone with the Cylons. I just think she might have been a little more tore up about it. But I, I honestly think she would have. She was very like, I'm a Cylon. From no, the she embraced it from like mm. day one. Yeah. But before you get there. So Lee and Starbuck are new grownups. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> are talking about how they have their. They've been making a plan to like get their people back by force. Is this when there's the ships? Did we miss the ships? Oh, I think this is the... the This it might be pre-ships. Was I'm not I, sure. Were the ships before? No, it's pre-ships. It's pre-credits, so it's pre-ships. Yeah, okay. yeah. Sorry. But we're going to get to those miniature models, and we're going to have so much fun. I They're very exciting. They're our favorite part. They are, always. Do you think that there are people in the world who have those, who like took them from the set, or yes. they auctioned them off or something? Yes. Could I, you imagine? I could, if could I had the money. You. Maybe this is why I shouldn't. What a prop of all the props. And actually, Ronald D. Moore really likes them, too. They're great. But again, without explanation of like how they get made them. or when they're like. But he does. I feel like they them. probably had just suddenly had like a model of the hub that they had never seen before. Yeah, of course. I don't think that's real, but I want it to be real because why not? I mean, it's great. So they're working on this plan. They're going to like storm the ship and take their people back. Mm. And uh, Adama's like, hey, Rosalind's there. And she said, you guys should just blow the whole ship. But it's up to you, Mr. President. And you know what he says? I think President Roslyn is right. Oh. And I think that's one of the best things that Leodama ever says. Oh. I mean, it could be one of those things where you call somebody who's been a president, president always, like you still say mm. President Obama. Mm. But I, I don't know fully if he says President Roslyn. I think he just says Roslyn's right. And I oh, think, okay. Well, I mean, it doesn't matter. My I point thought is, maybe I'd miss that because it sounded like that was the extra. I don't know. I just know that he said she was right and that made me happy. Yes. That was really all that it was. But ultimately, that's not what he's going to do. And ultimately, he does make the right call. Uh, I think that he makes the right call. And not only do I think that, but I also think that Rosalind wouldn't have done it. And so I'm sad that it's Leah Dama that is making the call. But I am glad that it's Rosalind's not dead. I'm glad that Rosalind's not the person who's in control of this because I don't think she would have made the right decision. 
Wow. I think at this point, she's just a little big bit. Big credit to Leah Dama. It's not about him. Statement. It's not about him. It's just, I, I think it had to be someone else because I don't think it would have been consistent if Rosalind had made that choice. Okay. Because I think that she is at a point now where she does not have cooperation on the brain. She doesn't have cooperation on the brain. She knows that she herself is dying. Mm. So I think she's less concerned about saving her own hide. But Mm. that's never been her big concern anyway. No, but I think that she is pretty, even just the way she dealt with Diana, like she was like, bring her to me. And it's like, why? Look, you're on a silent fucking And the way she tries to deal with Tori in the upcoming scene. Exactly. So Mm -hmm. I just don't think she would have done it. And so I think even though I wish it had been someone not Leodama, I am grateful that she, I don't think she would have made this. Yeah. Call. We needed somebody who had the capability. Of I wish seeing. it was Zarek. Mm. That would have been cool. That would have been Zarek. Cool. I miss him. Maybe he had other stuff to do. It's very sad. I don't know. It would have been fun for him to be a part of all of this. Would have been super fun. All right. Anyway, we're finally at the uh, credits. So we have 39,665. I think we're we're down by eight from the... uh, Indeed, it's eight. The battle at the hub. Mm. We are now drinking, by the way, the beer from... A Two couple weeks, weeks ago. ago. Yeah. Because we never got around to it in that episode. I think it was a light drinking day for us. The uh the I'm using technology double dry hopped double IPA, I think it is. It's a beer. Mm. I mean it's like whew. All right. Which isn't a bad thing. Uh, the fun thing about that beer is I'm using technology applies to literally every episode of Battlestar Galactica. Correct. So it's always appropriate. It's always appropriate. Mm. So, uh, yeah, this is when we get to the little ships. model ships. I love them. Um, Athena is like, Deanna was keeping the prisoners here, but she'll know that I am a Cylon and I've been brought into this meeting. So she will have moved them. Uh, I don't know. Mm. It's interesting that they even went out of their way to set that up. Mm. But I think that was also their way of saying, hey, you're a Cylon. Get out of the brig. We need you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That was their way to bring her back and no questions asked. And Starbuck is like, somebody's like, oh, do you have any other solutions? And Starbuck's like, yeah, those four could give themselves up. And Ty is just like, what's over there? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Ty is excellent in this episode. He is. He he does so much one eye acting. It's true. It's pretty. He has one pretty eye. Pretty stellar. Uh, I've just been rewatching Twelve Monkeys because I saw the first three seasons like a while ago, and then the fourth season came out last year when I was moving, and I never watched it. And I was like, oh my god, there's this whole season, but I totally forgot everything. And it's like time travel and many plots so i was like frack it i'll watch it again which i'm glad i did because i really forgot everything uh but yeah michael hogan's in it and he's amazing he's like this lovely you know warm guy he's adorable and i know that james callas is in it but he's not in it yet Mm -hmm. so i'm waiting for that moment it's always happy to see him anyway 12 monkeys is great if you haven't watched it i haven't watched it you should all right You've got, you it's haven't been, got much to do, right? It's been noted. Yes. No. Oodles of time. Mm. I'm actually looking forward to unplugging a little bit on this vacation. That'll be good. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. If I watch something exciting, there just might be many texts from me, but I don't expect you to reply is what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, I will be at some point roaming, so I will shut off my phone for a little while on it's this fine. journey. I, I don't need a response, as you know. No. 
(laughs) (laughs) Just send them out there to the universe. Anyway. Anyway, we've got our first final five coming out moment. Yeah. So Tori is on the base ship and I don't know if she discussed this with Deanna on the ride over, but Deanna's like, look, our long lost sister has arrived. It's so good. Uh, And there's a moment. And Tori's got a smile. I know. I feel like there's a moment where you're not sure how she feels about it. And then she's like, yes, this is the attention I want and deserve. (laughs) (laughs) And happy for her. Yes. Go find your people. Yeah. Whatever. Rosalind is dressing Gaius's wound in a way that makes her have to fully embrace him. Because <laughs> she's wrapping a bandage intimate. around his middle. And it is nice because, firstly, he says thank you for not killing me, which is a nice. It's always nice to thank people when they don't kill you. Yeah. Hey, thanks for not killing me. Thanks for not killing me. And also, he has really cute freckles on his shoulder. And I just wanted to acknowledge that. So you think freckles are cute on other people i think they're cute on other people okay but i have twice as many freckles now and i don't think they're that cute on me maybe my legs because they're not as many i i even have new freckles on my finger i I noticed the other day all freckles are cute thank you i have many Mm -hmm. i have i think they're all cute each and every one i think twice the amount that i had at the beginning of summer Go figure that when you live in the Northern Hemisphere, you really get out in that sunshine. Boy, do you. Holy moly, it's warm. As opposed to when you live in Australia, you're like, it's mostly fine outside. I mean, even when it's cold, it's not that cold. And I kind of like it. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think when you have a very short summer, you embrace it as much as you can. Three weeks in Europe and a weekend away in, in New Jersey and... The Atlantic Ocean, apparently. Mm. Atlantic? God, I'm turning into American. I have freckles everywhere. I like them. Oh, and then she's like, don't thank me yet because I told them to blow the ship up. And she just smiles and he's like, what the frack? <laughs> but he, he does, when he's thanking her, say, I love living. I love mm-hmm. living. And for some reason, that line cracked me the absolute fuck up. No, I thought he'd made peace. I love that he's like, I love living. I love, he says it like it's a controversial thing that not a lot of people would be into. Like, but I think I love what's one of those foods that are really stinky. Brussels sprouts is something people don't like, but I love. Yeah. Brussels sprouts are really trendy now, but fine. We'll go with Brussels sprouts. Durian? Durian. That's what I'm thinking of. He says, I love living like saying I love durian. I don't care. Who argues with me? I love durian. I love being alive. Okay, to counterpoint you, I think there's a few things here. Firstly, Baltar is a fracking priest guy now. And as such, is supposed to be like, oh, I'm happy to die because I know there's an afterlife. And actually, I read a thing somewhere, and I honestly couldn't tell you where, that people who believe in God are actually less peaceful about death in the end than people who don't which i think is really interesting like theoretically if you believe in a monotheistic god or if you believe in reincarnation like death should be something that you find like okay cool i'm going to paradise or i'm going to become something else but then apparently a lot of people who are religious in their last period of life really fear death and maybe that's what he was getting do you think it's because of a fear of maybe i sinned and i'm not gonna go to the good place no i think that people okay this is not to put offense on anyone because i'm terrified of dying and often wish to be religious but unfortunately grew up with an incredibly atheist family and just find it very difficult to believe in religion 
I think a lot of people find solace in religion that they're going somewhere else. And I think a lot of people are religious because they fear death and they fear the unknown. And so I think that, you know, you can believe in something your whole life, but maybe a lot of people deep down aren't sure. Hmm. So I think that when he says, I love living, because when he was on the table and being like, oh, I don't feel guilt anymore and I'm going with God and blah, blah, blah. I think that the hot take was, okay, cool. I say all this shit and like, yeah, I totally don't fear death because God, but then also I do love living and thank you for saving me. Yeah. I Do you think that all of Gaius Baltar lives without guilt or no, I don't think so. I, I don't think, think that's so either. something he says loudly because it's not true. But I think it's the same with what he was saying about dying as well. Interesting. I think he said he didn't fear death either, didn't but he? But he actually totally fears it. Yep, and loves mm. living. And I think that's what he was saying to her in that moment. Was that, I know I said all that stuff, but actually I love living. Thank you for letting me live. Yeah. That's what I got out of all of that. What a interesting moment between these two characters. Yes. Yes. Tori gets to come in and come <laughs> out to both of her people at once. <laughs> it's very convenient. It's like getting your family together for the holidays and just having a go. Just so <laughs> because Bolta says, I knew it. Maybe not on a conscious level, but on a subconscious level, I knew it. <laughs> he just, he cannot take any experience or situation and not immediately make it about him. You are a Cylon. You are with me. That makes me special. Also, I'm special because I knew you were a Cylon, even though I didn't really know it. It's just like genius. Uh, but Rosalind, she's like, you didn't know, did you? And Rosalind's like, I had no idea. She's quite shocked. Yes. And she's like, oh, yeah, well, you might want to consider what else you were wrong about. I think they they played with, like, just levels of the actors really interestingly in this scene where mm -hmm. when Tori comes in, um, Rosalind and Guys are both sitting down and she's kind of, like, towering over them. And then she goes to leave. And then she, they've been on like a platform and she goes down and then Rosalind stands up. So Rosalind's like taller than her and trying to give her this order like, hey, I was wrong. I and didn't you can feel tell like that it that's, was an order. Mm, I felt like it was a favor. Yeah, she just, I think Rosalind doesn't, isn't actually giving her respect in this scene. I think Rosalind is acknowledging that like, if I want to get anything out of her in this moment, I have to say, I was wrong. You were right. So she says it, but I don't think she don't think believes she it, it at all. Because uh, if we know one thing, Mary McDonald can do a convincing scene and whatever you need her to do. And it's not convincing here. Mm -mm. Um, she's like, hey, just could you like go and convince Deanna to like release all the hostages? That would be great. Thanks so much. Um, but yeah, I think... Tori doesn't buy her apology and that's why she says I'm not taking orders from you anymore. The other thing about this that is in the deleted scenes is that when Deanna, the whole reason that Deanna is actually throwing them out the airlock is because it's Tori's suggestion. So there's a deleted That's scene huge. where Tori... That makes everything different. It does. There is a scene where Tori is making the suggestion that if they start to kill hostages, that maybe Ty would come forward. And then once Ty came forward, the other two would come forward. And she was right. Yes. Interesting. So I wonder if that was cut just for time or if it was cut 
for I don't know some sort of I think of when we watched the purposes. episode I said to you that I thought that it was a Tory thing I think you did too so I don't know if they I mean I think a lot of the cuts were for time it is a jam-packed episode yeah but already. again it's this thing where like that's uh you know the actors the script that they read that was informed so yeah anyway I just think that makes that even more interesting it is there's also I just want to I think they have a lot of fun filming on the Cylon ship because of like all the lighting and the weird stuff that's around so like when Rosalind in the scene between Rosalind and Tori Rosalind is backlit in blue and Tori is backlit in that pulsing red mm. and it, it just makes for a really interesting visual mm. and then later they get to film through like there's those weird like walls yeah, of yeah. water and stuff on the Cylon ship I think they have a lot of fun it's very cool when they get to be in that setting so yeah somebody like immediately just gets airlocked it happened so quickly that I missed it the first time and you had to point it out to me it uh, also looks like he's in a spacesuit. he's in it looks like he's in the orange jumpsuit yeah, yeah. that like the deck crew wears yeah but yeah so Deanna rings Galactica and she's like cool I'm gonna do that every 15 minutes until the four Cylons come, and then or I she guess hangs the up on Lee yeah that's which I fun. love she's just like cool yeah I said but I gotta say bye <laughs> someone's gotta put him in his place absolutely so they're making a plan they're going checking it twice mm, that's a list check a list twice it still sounded right in my head <laughs> they're making a plan they're checking it twice I mean, it's already July, so I have to assume that Christmas decorations go up any minute now. Oh, no, you guys have Halloween in between. We do. I just so. feel like you guys, the decorations right now, get the, up earlier and earlier. The American year. flag stuff is on clearance. Hmm. Halloween stuff will start coming up probably next month. Yep. <laughs> and Christmas the month before that. Yeah. After that. Yeah. Yes. Of course. Anyway, anyway. Anyhow. So they're going to carry on with this rescue mission and if that fails they're going to destroy the base ship adama is like yes mr president oh my god i had that in my notes too super weird it's so so weird but it's actually like i kind of like the power dynamics that they're playing with here i just still it it feels hate everything that led to this moment yeah Mm mm-hmm I thought at some point somebody called Tyrrell chief, but I think he was just around when they said chief to the actual chief, but he's still back in like, he's been Mm. bumped back from like generic maintenance Mm. to like, he's in, he's on the deck working with the ships again. Mm -hmm. And the, uh, all along the watchtower theme is back, which is exciting. I have to say, I really love how the music sneaks up on them. It's like um, it's like a point of view perspective of like a bug like zooming over, <laughs> and it's just like really funny. I just I don't know. I don't think the visual was quite the same as it was initially. Like I know they did kind of a zoom, but this is like a really stark like like and then it's like on the and then then their heads like and Tori reacts the strongest, although. I mean, Ty also reacts, but I mean, they all react, but Tori's like, oh, I'm going to fall over. Yeah, she does. She collapses right into the arms of a Leobin, which yep. is super creepy because he's got feelings about everything. Ladies who know stuff about the universe. I don't know. People who have special destinies. Mm, he does. Anyway, That's- I just really love that choice. I think... Um, one thing they were saying on the pod, Rhymer wasn't on the pod, but I think they were saying about him that he is very big on like why to 
narrow shots. Interesting. Like, yeah. Well, and I think any kind of shot that looks like really set up on Battlestar Galactica mm. is extra noticeable because their style is usually that like handheld documentary style. Mm. So whenever you have like a really like a wide establishing shot or like extra zooming mm. action or whatever, it's more noticeable on a show like this. The direction of this episode is excellent. I agree. Mm. No, this episode really like hit it all out of the park. It is solid as heck. Yep. So yeah, Starbuck and Athena are leading a little meeting and they're basically like, the only plan is to do the plan really fast. <laughs> That's the plan. Uh, while quick. And this is while everyone's hearing the music. So Sam is in that meeting trying to concentrate while he hears it. Ty's in the CIC hearing it. Tori is, as previously discussed, on the in silent ship Sam. in Leoman's embrace. But the three boys on Galactica are drawn to Starbucks Viper. Yes, they are. That I guess has just been chilling because nobody trusts flying it. I, I think guess it's, it's just fair. been sitting there. But they're like, why are we here? I don't know. This feels like this all kind of feels familiar, like a plot point from a previous episode where we all just get drawn to a room. <laughs> we don't know why. Uh, and they're like, hey, just go get Kara because she flew this. So maybe she knows. And like, I don't know what you're going to tell her. Tell her something. So we get a really intense Bear McCreary all along the watchtower backing Ty's long march through the hallways to Adama's quarters quarters where he's going to go confess. Yes. So I want to say before we start this, that the guys on the podcast said that this is very much a writer's room victory so they actually were so blocked on this scene that they couldn't write it and so they were calling out like all different parts of the scene that different people wrote oh wow um because they couldn't they were like we just don't we just can't like they kept skipping it when they were writing the whole thing and then they had different people like they were too close to it i don't know what it was they were like it's like how do we play it and then i think like one person suggested that uh, Adama say that he must have been programmed and another person suggested that I don't know like it was just like everybody it was like a very collaborative effort and I do like that they called that out in the podcast that is really interesting because to me this scene reads so true for these characters like there wasn't a moment in this scene where I was like that doesn't seem right just, I think the actors are also amazing and Michael Hogan really saw it as a sort of relief that he was finally able to come clean. It seems like that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it did. It rung so true for the characters, but it was like a super collaboration effort of the writers. Fascinating. Team. And especially because every argument Adama makes against it is an argument that you as the viewer were the making hair against thing. it. Yeah. He's like, oh my you've God. aged. You used to have hair. Da, that, da, da. I was so excited when he said, I was like, that's exactly what I said. <laughs> Kaylee was there. She knows. I was. I was very excited when someone brought that up. There, I've had that moment on a few different shows where you're like, you guys just changed the rules of your universe and you haven't acknowledged it. And, and it's mad. making me crazy. Yes. Yeah. So I was really, I felt really validated by that. Mm-hmm. And Ty's response is like, I don't know, maybe there's other kinds of silence. He's we like, didn't know there were skin jobs at first. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I know uh-huh. about as much as you do, except that I'm definitely a silent and I'm not programmed. We have reached the point where I've spilled beer. Oh, goodness gracious. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's a brilliant scene between these two actors. They're great actors. Um, he like starts off like, hey, remember when I was hearing that music that one time? And I love that he's trying to say it without saying it. He's like, you know, 
Like Boomer. Yeah. You, you know? Which is maybe not the best example the best to bring example. up. Like, hey, remember the other chick who got turned on who shot you and you almost died? I'm like that. I'm exactly That's the what same. I'm like. But yeah. I think he's walking into this room 100% knowing there's a good chance he'll be executed. Yeah. Immediately. I think he's ready for that. Yeah. Uh, the other thing that I will say that the writers said about this scene is that they didn't know how to end it. So that's why it kind of cuts very abruptly to Ty being much out of the room. Oh, I, yeah, I don't mind that at all. I think no, it was I didn't a good even choice. notice it until they said it. And they were like, we just didn't even know how to finish that. So we were like, cool, Ty's being much out of the room. Yeah, I guess we, so a thing we didn't see is Adama calling people in to take him out and mm. what they did while they were waiting. Yeah, exactly. But it's not hard to imagine. No, but I think that it was like a really good choice because like right in the kind of height of it. Now, my question really is in the following scene. So one thing that Ronald D. Moore did say as well is that he really wanted adama to be completely undone and, and it's funny because he, he said i'm undone because he said on the podcast he was like you know i really like the idea of adama just being completely undone and like out of action for this part that's a really great idea and then one of the other writers was like yep it was yours <laughs> and he's like <laughs> he does that a bit on the podcast now that he's doing it like with the other writers <laughs> sometimes he'll be like that was a great idea who who thought of that and then and i don't think he's, do you think it's a dungeon or do you no, think he's just I it's think, so collaborative yeah. that he's like who thought of that i think that it's so collaborative that he genuinely forgets when things are his idea and he's like i love that idea and they're like yeah it was yours that's um, actually kind of cute and he also called eddie a fearless performer um, yeah, which I really so fearless think is true. that he gets like drooly. Oh, he drools all over. Yeah, Jamie there Bamba. are actors who would stop before they drooled. No. Not Eddie. Not Eddie. But one thing I will say is that I was really hoping for the model ship again. I think that would have been too. No, I want to see it all the time. <laughs> they spent so much money on that ship. I just I want it to be destroyed every Especially time. Especially because. We saw it destroyed in just the last episode again. So they would have had to. It wouldn't have been too much Like for They me. would have had to fully reassemble it. Bring back the model ship. I anyway. Say. Anyway. No, this is He does incredible. Kill, kill a bad mirror. Yes. He is just heartbreaking. And it's, it is a scene that the first time you watch it, you're like, oh, this must be over the course of like a couple hours. And then when <laughs> Lee comes in, you're like oh shit I think it's been like 10 minutes and he's drunk already yeah well Respect I think he's like he definitely chugged some whiskey but also I think he's just so broken but I understand that that's that. part of it because it's not and I think the thing is is so much has happened over the course of three years and this is just such a final straw it's his absolute breaking point and because with so heartbreaking the, in the last couple of episodes like he had I think he had hope he's like oh I love Rosalind and she's gone and I need her and I have hope that we're gonna find her and I'll find her and then we'll get back to the fleet and everything will be normal and I think he doesn't have hope in this moment no and I think the other thing that is really beautiful about this scene and I can't remember which one of the writers said it but apparently so one of the writers was talking about his dad who had been like a military guy who had gone through cancer and there was a moment where they were down at the ocean when he was very unwell and there was like a a wave that knocked him over and um the rider was trying to pull his dad out of the ocean and oh, his dad God. wasn't moving or like reacting i mean like he was not you know he just 
it was a moment of him really having to like pick up his father. I know I'm getting teary thinking about it. Especially because um, we were, I was just at the beach with my dad. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it was, just, he said this, he said this scene was really personal for him having been in that position where this man who was like this really strong military guy was his dad. I know I want to cry too. What's with this? Is it because it's hot? Is it because I've had a mix of drugs? What is it? Um, I don't know. This anyway. is also, this episode makes me cry and this so scene it's the part where he sells i can't says i can't kill the bastard yeah. it makes it just f- destroys me but the whole thing like i have to pause the episode because it destroys me i've honestly never been like and i would say that like all things considered my dad has been reasonably vulnerable with me but i don't even know how i re- would respond to seeing my dad like this oh i couldn't imagine mm. or my mom like mm. and i couldn't imagine um and i've seen my parents go through watching their parents suffer mm. which has been hard but yeah. i still am not a point in my not at a point in my life where i can imagine going through that myself mm. it's a lot to consider and it's ju- it's layers of stuff because it's it's lee and it's lee in this moment where he's perfect and he's just there for his dad and he's like drool on me i've got you i'll yeah. hold you i'll make the hard calls so you don't have to make it this is him on the head it's it's such a beautiful scene and i don't think we see that kind of love between fathers and sons Not portrayed and in media very often no. it's it's gorgeous it, it's brilliantly acted by the both of them but mm. especially edward james almost who we just, just love annihilates me in this yeah. scene and so to just shift the conversation because so we don't both cry. <laughs> I don't think that Kaylee ever mentioned that her dad's band is called the Toasters. I honestly, I never even fully thought about it because the Toasters is a band I've known since I was a child. And I never really put it together like, oh, Toasters, Toasters. So Kaylee's dad was in a ska band called the Toasters. <laughs> um, and you know how we love Battle Scar because Battle especially ska producer Tom and the skunking. Skunking? Is that skanking? Skanking. Mm. Skanking. But shout out to Kaylee's dad. We should put some toasters at the end of this episode. Oh, that would be so cool. And you know what? We can play a whole goddamn song because they're not going to sue us. Are the they? Toasters will not sue us. Yes. My dad wrote one song for them. It's called Underground Town. It's about riding on the subway in new york city and that is one of the lyrics oh wow okay (laughs) but their big hit was don't let the bastards grind you down nice which feels very appropriate for bsg okay especially because adama calls ty a bastard in this scene yep all right well we're gonna feature that but actually it's funny because then i was like how did i not know this and then we had to explain because they've been around for a while Oh, forever. They were before around before my dad series. joined them and they've, they're have they still around now. Yeah. And so they're not named after Battlestar Galactica, but it's hilarious that they're called the Toasters. Yeah. There's a whole there's a whole other story where my mom thought that they were called the Toasters because they were a wedding band. And I was like, no, mom, they're ska. And we had an argument about it. Anyway, that's ska not the point. Ska is a very cool kind of music. It is. I was saying, like, it's funny. I never listened to it really at home, but I've been to a lot of ska gigs just because I had friends who liked it, and it's always a good time. It's a lot of fun. They often have a lot of brass instruments, mm-hmm. which I enjoy. It's very punchy music. I don't even know what instrument your dad plays. My dad plays keyboards and trumpet. And sometimes, very I, cool. In the, in the one time that I went to see the Toasters, 
alive when I was in like eighth grade and I got to go to a bar in New York City. That's very cool. Late at night. That's very cool. Uh, he played keyboard and trumpet at the same time. What? And it was. That is pretty rad challenge <laughs> i want a video of your dad doing that it was before i that- had before there were video phones before i had a fancy camera or anything i just was there and i experienced it and everyone in the room experienced it and then went home and didn't have any pictures well shout out to dave he's the best uh also i wonder if he'd take part in our Battlestar galactica musical Oh, I bet he... With some keyboard trumpet action. I bet he would help if we asked. I think he would. Mm -hmm. He's got time to do things. (laughs) He's living his great life out there in the Catskills. Just wanting some music projects to get involved in. Exactly. All right, Dave, we'll be in touch. Yep. (laughs) Our people will call your people. (laughs) Simran, put your dad on the phone. (laughs) All right, let's get back to this episode. It was a fun. It was a fun tangent to be. It fun. was a super fun. Tangent. I had to move away from that very serious moment, so yes. we both didn't cry. Yes, I appreciate that, <laughs> and thank you for coming and delighting my family with your sandwich making <laughs> abilities. My next note is D with an exclamation point. That's my I think- second to next note. Okay. My first <laughs> note. My first next note is Leah Dahman, his best pinstripes coming to punch you in the face. Oh, yeah, he does punch Shy in the face. He does, and he is dressed up to do it. It's good. Uh, It's fair. It It must be a really big... This is a thing that I do like about this. This also must be so hard for him. He has known Ty his entire life. It's true. It's like a really close... Like, it's like that person who's, like, not your uncle, but, like, kind of your uncle. And now that he is President Liadama, he's kind of, like, the boss. Yeah. And he's going to, like give Ty the what for it's a lot there's a lot of layers of stuff here it's like a situation where you both share a tragedy but one person is closer to it than you are like for example if you have a friend in your friendship group who dies and like one person in the group is best friends with them and you're sort of like friends with them so you're affected but then you kind of got to step up it's sort of like that he's like Mm -hmm. okay this hurts you more than it hurts me but I'm still very hurt but in this moment I need to protect you and so Look, this is my favorite Lee Adama episode. He's been really solid in he this episode. He is very good in this episode. I have very few complaints. But I don't really like stepped how he up got as there. a leader. Yeah. No. Shady as fuck up until just now. And now he's been good. Uh, but yeah, my my next note says, hey, D. I'm just excited every time she's on screen. Because she hasn't been a lot for a while. And we miss her. And she still is only ever on screen to be like, business. Space business. She says, "Mr. I'm President," doing space business. and you're like, "You mean your ex-husband?" But he still wears his ring. I don't think she does. Well, that's fair. I mean, I don't think she does. Anyway, uh, so they get another call from Deanna, and Lee is like, "Hey, plans have changed. Uh, I've got Saltai in the airlock, so uh, maybe you could release that? all those hostages now. I'll give you ten minutes." I'm hanging up on you now. <laughs> How do you like it, Xena? <laughs> uh, and then he's trying to convince Ty to give up the others so they can save the fleet. And then I feel like you kind of know where it's going when you are in a room with Sam and Tyrol and Starbuck. I love that Starbuck's like, why do you think this? And he's like, just a feeling. 
Yeah, he's like, yeah, you remember how you, you took us feelings? all on this like suicide mission because you had a feeling? Maybe well, you now, could just look at this fracking ship for five minutes because I have a feeling. I have a feeling this time. And my feeling, feeling doesn't involve us taking a whole ass other ship <laughs> to jump around to different parts of space and jump almost around. die and make somebody lose one of their limbs. Yes, it's uh, I think I thought that was very good. <laughs> She's really hard on other people for having visions and feelings for someone who only operates on visions and feelings. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Um, so one thing that I did not notice until I listened to the podcast is that Aaron Douglas is amazing in this episode as Tyrrell. He is just smiling all the time. <laughs> like when they come in to arrest them, he's just like, oh, was it was it just gonna happen, wasn't it? And the like whole time he's just sort of like he is the one who is less focused on by the camera and he is just smiling about the whole thing. He's like, This was coming, <laughs> frack, I guess. What do I do? And I guess it's a bit of a relief for all so. of them. But like I didn't notice and I, I like I urge you to go back and watch it again. And pay attention to him because I watched the, I listened to the podcast and I actually went and watched the whole episode again because it's such a good episode. I wanted to watch it like four times before we did this. And uh, I was watching him and I'm like, holy shit, he's awesome for the entire episode. In just like, he's really made a choice of how Tyrrell's responding to everything and it's perfect. Yeah, I feel like he went through the worst of his shit and mm. it's like, what are you going to do to me now? <laughs> exactly. He's just like, sure. <laughs> He's just smiling. And then it's, the, <laughs> it's the reaction that I get when I've been weeded all night and I'm so busy. And then I get yet another table and I'm just like, <laughs> of course, this is exactly what would happen. Yes. Anyway, so it's a really my having too many tables is exactly the same. It's exactly the same as being Terrell a secret being discovered to be a and losing your wife and <laughs> Uh, your job and your and hair, now potentially losing your life, your life and <laughs> therefore your child. But the whole time uh, he's just like grinning until the end of the episode. I actually I do kind of want to watch it again. You should because actually like I was mostly I just noticed he doesn't do that much in this episode. And but I was he does. A little relieved about it. He's doing a lot of. You know what? You know I'm not a Tyrrell fan. Mm. But um. But again, when we say we're not a fan of the character, it's the, not actor the actor is really brilliant for sure. Mm -hmm. But it's um, it's just great. It's so good, and I was so <laughs> grateful that they pointed it out because watching it again, I I was just like, this is excellent. Because Sam is just being Sam and having a lot of like sweaty feelings. Yeah, but and being like, and I love that Cara, he's like, it's true. I love that he's like Kara, and then looks at Tyrrell for permission, <laughs> and Tyrrell's like, go ahead, we're fucked anyway. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it was great. Uh, if you're rewatching, just go back and watch it. It's great. Interesting. Uh, yeah, I did enjoy the moment when the people arresting them just dropped enough exposition to make sure Starbuck fully understands. She's like, there's silence like the XO. Yeah. Like just in case you missed that announcement. Now you're all caught up. Kara Thrace. <laughs> It's a lot for everybody. It is a lot for everybody, but especially for Starbuck, who at one point said, if I found out you were a Cylon, I would fracking kill you. But she doesn't get the chance because he's being towed away. Well, apparently in the scene, it was written that she kissed him. 
And then the actors decided they didn't want to do it as our actors I want to do. They are notoriously <laughs> unreliable, these Battlestar Galactica actors. They have all just these opinions. Full of opinions. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently that's what was blocked in the scene and she didn't do it. I, I, I like the way the right they played choice. it. They really left it kind of ambiguous mm-hmm. about how she's feeling. Yep. Mm-hmm. So they're brought into the airlock with Ty. Sam is like, hey, well, guess you uh, told them. (laughs) (laughs) Deanna is threatening to shoot more hostages. And uh, Rosalind finds out about it from some random Leoban. And she's like, take me to Deanna. And Guy's is like, no, take me. Now, I will say that what happened in this (laughs) moment is I was like, correct. And Kayla's like, oh, for frack's sake, guys. And I was like, no, no, no. No, it's actually right. It is the right choice. Yeah. And I think your thing was like, he's like the guy who cried wolf. Uh, yeah. But like he cried. You said something else. It was like, I he's the guy who cried. I'm helpful or something because he always, <laughs> the guy who cried. The- it's about me yeah. too many times. <laughs> but in this instance, correct. It's yes. actually right. Uh, yes. It is right. And I, cause my initial reaction was it's right. And you were like, Oh, for fuck's sake again, Baltar. And I'm like, no, no, no. I know every other time it's not right. But in this instance, it's correct. <laughs> But Rosalind also acknowledges that immediately. Also, she's like, "Actually, yes, you're the ma- oh, you the one who's you're the man for this three job. of the Cylons <laughs> is correct." Rosalind has not had sex with Deanna. She's he's got her there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And he's had sex with Tori. Mm. And he's had sex with six. Just sexy, sexy, so sexy many notches, on and we don't Cylon even know belts. if he's had sex with an eight. But who knows? Uh, anything could have happened uh, on new on new Caprica. Exactly. Come on. Exactly. Maybe a Simon. Who knows? I would like to think that Gaius Baltas swings both ways. I would like to think that too. Great. More gays, More gays in space. More gays in space. <laughs> <laughs> so Deanna finds out that they've got the other two Cylons and it seems like she's going to change her mind there for a second. I'm like, oh, I guess she was really willing to lose Ty because <laughs> now she's taking it seriously. Uh, and Tori is basically like, I know Leodama. He's a weak little bitch baby. He'll back down if you call him. Uh, I don't think he would have. I don't think he would have either. I think he's pretty mad at Ty and he would 100% have thrown him out no, of the No, but airlock. that's what Gaius comes in and argues the other point, which is really okay. interesting. So note on this scene, mm, read mm, deleted scenes. Mm. In the deleted scene, when he comes in, both Deanna and Six say Gaius, which doesn't happen in the original one. It's just Deanna. And then there's a scene like uh, just at the end of the scene where the Leobans and Sixes are like, we agree with Gaius. The Leobans and the Sixes agree with Gaius. And so I think it's really weird that they decided to leave that out and make it just about Diana and Gaius because like in this extended scene, obviously the other Cylons were sort of like on board with what he said. Very interesting. No, it makes it. Oh, he also says Tinker's Dam. He does. And we also missed the scene with Starbuck in the Viper where she looks. No, we're getting there. We're right there now. I'm jumping ahead. Okay. You are. It's it's exciting times. Um, Deanna is like, put up the nukes and we're going to shoot all the civilian chips. And then Starbuck is turning knobs and flipping switches and And doing space science. Very sexy. Always. But particularly in this scene. Very, very hot. Well, hot, she hot, hasn't hot. looked as hot as it is in this room right now with an hour and a half without air conditioning. Yep. That's exactly that right. Hot. And we're out of beer. Continue. Um, she gets some kind of reading on the little dial that will be very important in the minutes to come. Fun fact about the signal. Do you know this fun fact? I don't. 
you're full of fun facts. I am because I actually listened to the podcast this time. The rhythm of the signal is that of All Along the Watchtower. Oh, I actually, I read something about that, but it was just like, the rhythm of the thing is the same as the music. And I was like, I don't know what that means. And I'm going to skip it. No. So basically the, like the thing is like, that's like the actual like rhythm. of uh, That's the actual signal is the song. It's pretty great. For anybody who's caught up on Handmaid's Tale. I am not. Just there's a moment. With all along the watchtower? No, but there's a moment in Handmaid's Tale where a do 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 lines up with a song oh. in the most recent episode, which I thought was a brilliant episode. Oh, great. I'm quite behind. That's another actually. show that I like to watch and talk about. I Any, like to watch anyway. and talk about it too. I am just not caught up on the new season. It's too much to watch. Well, because it was We're on. We're in the golden age of television. It's true. Also, it was on when I was in France and I couldn't get Hulu. Mm. And it's such a heavy show. I do actually quite like watching it week by week. So I, I have just been... You've got to be in the mood. You really do. It uh, is to watch it. Heavy. I just want to throw in one little fact here because Ronald D. Moore made this thing. Uh, he said this thing that he has something called temp love, which is basically that when... The love of temps? Basically when the editor is doing a... Like when the editor is putting together a scene to show for the first kind of like watch, they put in temporary like music tracks... And Ronald D. Moore always gets really attached to them. And then Bear McCreary, he's like, no, I liked what was there. And Bear McCreary's like, you're not giving me very much to work with here. (laughs) And so like the shitty temporary music that they put in just for like an example is like Ronald D. Moore gets really attached to it. I think it's about here in the podcast that he talks about it because this is when the choir music starts coming in. So the choir music, Mm. well, there's two different. It comes in a couple of times. There's two different kinds of choir music in this episode, but I did, I read a little bit of um, Bear McCreary kept a really detailed blog. Oh my God, I saw it. Yeah, I saw the Gators Lament one and I haven't read it yet. Yeah, which I think he occasionally gets a little spoilery and also it's always like such, it's such a beautiful, intense post and it's usually the last thing I look up before I'm like packing (laughs) up to come see you that I skim through it. But um, the the theme, there's like a really beautiful orchestral theme with a choir that um, is featured in this episode, which I think maybe is later when they find Earth. But um, mm. it's called the Diaspora Oratorio. And he wrote that it's like one of the, he said there's been like four times in his life where he felt like writing a piece of music changed him. And this was one of them. And it was like really touching. And I looked it up and listened to it. And it is a beautiful piece of music so also we have not mentioned yet that i tagged bear mccreary in my lisa's lament podcast you did and he wrote back lovely voice so say we all uh so i just like look maybe he didn't listen to it i don't know he listened to it i think he wouldn't have lied Okay. I think he took one minute out of his day to listen to it. Which is really nice. And then also made me, because like Kaylee knows how very little time I took on that. Because Mm -hmm. I was like, Kaylee was like, why didn't you put it up? And I'm like, oh, I couldn't be bothered. And then five minutes later, you were like, okay, it's up. (laughs) (laughs) But I also just like that he's the kind of person who just took the time to even write back. It's precious. It was lovely. I'm here. Every interaction we've had with 
the various people associated with this show have been James lovely. James Callis apologized for not coming out of my birthday cake. For not cake. popping out of your birthday cake. Uh, they're such a nice That's crew. Rekha Sharma follows us on Twitter if we yes. haven't mentioned it. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> whatever oh my goodness I but also we hear from our fans about going to conventions and very nice everyone seems i to also met a guy lovely. last night at my college alumni event who is the husband of someone and he interviewed katie sackoff on the phone and he said that she was lovely and she was trying to be really nice and proper but she kept swearing and apologizing uh, and i was like uh, 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 uh. i did not know i could love her more but now i do i love her so much <laughs> <sighs> katie, like but katie sackoff is like a human that i really appreciate and adore but starbuck is who i'm in love with and i acknowledge that they're two different people okay I'm trying to keep that perspective. I think that I love Alessandro Giuliani more than I love Gator. That's fair. I think he deserves to be loved. I think he's being loved a lot <laughs> by me. <laughs> from a distance. From, from a from safe a distance. distance. <laughs> oh, look. I joke, I joke, but I'm honestly we not. We have that no intentions of stalking any members of this cast no i, I just promise. want to appreciate him because i feel like he's underappreciated i think he's excellent he's brilliant he's very talented and what a voice and what a voice my i mean my. that was it for me i always liked gator as a character you didn't even know that boy studied opera. i didn't even know that he was an opera singer and i he just it broke me it broke me she's broken i can attest i in am, the best way exactly <laughs> all right Gaius doesn't give a tinker's damn, he which is not a thing. A it's not a thing. It's a great uh, expression that nukes, I'm going to use. The nukes are hot. The nukes, the nukes, are they on fire? The, the nukes, nukes are on the fire. Nukes, the nukes are on fire. We don't give a... Mud. We don't need no water. Let the Galactica burn. <laughs> burn, Galactica, burn. Hashtag put it in the musical. <laughs> Guys, it's hot. We... Are sitting in a lot of heat. We've had some beer and some of us are on some drugs. Some of us are. Starbuck has made a discovery. She's running. I like there that it's drums. a really long there run. There is chanting. She runs for a really long time. A really long time. And actually what they were saying is that, because I think they do a first watch with the audience, with an audience. Hmm. And I think that the audience is like, oh, she's running. She's running. And they were like buying into it. It was fine. And then I think at some point the audience is like, shit. What if she doesn't make it, though? Because this is Battlestar Galactica. and maybe I feel like it takes longer for Starbuck to get from wherever she is on the Galactica to that airlock than it takes to get from Winterfell to King's Landing. Hail! Okay, so again, do not watch Game of Thrones, but I appreciate the reference. I, I like that it took a long time. Because I like I it too. I hate it when people arrive on the resurrection ship and find exactly who they're looking for within a second. Immediately and get off the ship before I like that she was clearly, yeah. that's a big ship. I like, she's like clearly on another it's part of it. It's a huge ship. Yep. Anytime it's next to the littler also, ships, just, you're like, wow, that's a big ship. Also, I just like it when they run. I like it when they run. That was a Harry Potter reference. You know when Ron does that? We watched it the other night. We did. He's like, she was walking. You know no. I like it when they walk. <laughs> you know I like it. It's, like running, I think, is a thing that's more universally appreciated. Walking is a more normal everyday thing, which makes the line even funnier. It's a great scene. It's a good line. Mm. That was fun watching that. 
We watched The Goblet of Fire with ads, which I do not recommend. No, especially not ads on E. It's a, it was too many e ads. entertainment television. And then it's funny. Advertises some bad Kaylee's shows. Kaylee's 10-year-old sister was like just having the best time. And Kaylee and I are like, we are so tired. We're, we have to go to bed. <laughs> we'll figure out how to DVR this and we'll watch it in the morning. <laughs> She's I'm so, sorry, small child. We I'm must sorry. call it a night. We want to be cooler, but we're very tired and old. <laughs> I know that you think when you're older, it's going to be really exciting to stay up late, but mostly you just no, want to go to bed. No, you're just so excited about being able to go to sleep. <laughs> That's what adulthood is. Oh, welcome. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, Lee orders everyone out of the airlock except Ty. Gaius on the base ship is like, I think actually doing a decent job negotiating, like, He's trying to logic Deanna, which I don't know. He's if, like, you I don't mean, know if it's going to work, but he actually is, is using Krapika, logic that makes sense. Algae planet. You know how this has worked so well in the past. It makes sense it what is. he's saying. He's good. He's yeah. Good. He's like, you tried genocide. Maybe you try a different thing. <laughs> I don't know. And it's a classic like finger on the button. Yeah. And Starbuck run, runs in at the very last minute to stop him. And it's like, these motherfuckers just gave us Earth. So yeah. maybe don't kill Ty. Mm. So they are checking out the Viper. They're like, this is a colonial signal and nothing else in the fleet is picking up this signal. Only this one Viper. Whoa. Whoa. This Viper seems super important. And then they have it's like Starbuck and Apollo, who's not really Apollo anymore because he's not. I was thinking about that. I know. I still want to call him Apollo, and I think it's fair to call him Apollo. We can call him that. He's not really that anymore. He's He's a fictional character. Leland. Leland. They have a kind of a debate about a higher power and what does it all mean. And ultimately, she's Starbuck is like whatever you want to call it. Something seems to be orchestrating this. There seems to be a plan. The plan seems to be find Earth, and it seems to be find Earth with the Cylons. Yep. Rather than without them. Yep. So Deanna and one of the eights come out to check the Viper uh, and Lee is like, yeah, yeah, we decided to like let you in on this information. And offer amnesty, which I think is really important. I think that's a huge, huge, huge moment in this Mm -hmm. episode. And it's one that Rosalind doesn't fight later because she if she disagreed with it, I feel like she would just be like, no, put all those bitches in the brig. I just don't think she would have done it, though. Yeah, no, I think she would have destroyed the silent ship. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I think Lee made the right call, which I is... Do. It's hard to it's say. It's hard for these words to come out of our mouths, but we, we think Rosalind would have made the wrong decision and Lee Adama made the right one. Correct. Cats are lying with dogs. <laughs> the world is topsy-turvy. <laughs> Nobody Donald knows what's Trump happening. Donald Trump is president. What? Every time I watch a TV show that's pre the Trump presidency where they talk about Donald Trump, it like hurts my soul. He, they Veronica talk about Mars him in Veronica Mars. Yeah. Know. That's what I was just thinking about. <laughs> she says it like just a throwaway thing. She in one says episode. they're going to New York and she's like, I'm going to see that Trump character and kill him or something. I was like, oh, my God, do it. Go do it. If anyone can do it, it's you. Save the day. Kevin McAllister couldn't do it. You have to. It's up to you. oh my god oh man so we have a first half of the most famous line all of this has happened before and and then then, it's like it doesn't have to happen again whoa hot take from leland adama wow 
Yeah. So the our final four, not only do our final four have amnesty, but it seems that Caprica Six has been let out of her cell. It does. Uh, so I think all of the Cylons essentially have amnesty provided they don't try to kill anyone on the way to Earth. And still in this scene, Tyrrell is in the background smiling. smiling. Interesting. So interesting. Uh, somebody says, where do we go from here? Which is not, where do we go? A thing I can hear without thinking about Buffy. Where do we go from here? Beautiful. Leah's like, release the hostages. We're going to go to Earth together. They have a handshake. It's very civil. They're in the CIC. All the information checks out. And they're like, Adama, what are your orders? And He's in a dressing gown. No. You missed this dressing gown scene. That was ages ago. We didn't talk about it. They're in the CIC and he's in his uniform. There's a scene that we missed where Adama is in his oh, dressing no, gown. Oh, no, 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 no. You're right. I'm lying. You're right. Uh, would you say that I'm right and you're wrong? Just like Mary McDonald, like President Rosalind style. Okay. So I feel like usually the way this goes is I say you're not wrong and you say, would you say I'm right? But this time I said you're right and you still doubled down. I, I just <laughs> want you to say exactly the lines that Rosalind said. You're right. I'm wrong. You said it with as much conviction the as The listeners did. respect you. <laughs> <laughs> and I need you to tell us what this scene is about. <laughs> Captain Adama is in a dressing gown. Admiral. Admiral. Adama. He's nothing. He's whatever. He's sexy in a dressing gown. He, he is. is very defeated. Rosalind is gently, gently Oh, just a little light hand on the back, him. a little light hand on the arm. And then... Just casual lover's touch. He walks away. Ooh. And I will say, okay, so there's a scene well, when between he walks Rosalind away, and yes. Lee. Let me tell you about the scene. So... <laughs> We're switching places for a moment. So they have this scene where Lee's like, you're an amazing president. And she's like, you did a great job. Now, <laughs> originally, this scene was very, very short. Like I said, him being like handing back over the reins. And Mary McDonald was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not enough. And so as, again, Battlestar Galactica actors uh, want to do, she unscriptedly added extra lines. And so it wasn't in the script. Mary. I know. And then Adama comes back and he's Mary just... Mary has my whole heart. She does. And then Adama comes back and he says, we've got to roll the hard six, which is actually a line that is from him only. It came from Battlestar Galactica. Yes. I knew that they made it up for mm -hmm. the show and it's a line that I want to use for my whole life. Yeah. I, I want to... Every time I'm faced with a difficult decision, I want to be like, we got to roll the hard six. It's a poker reference. But before... I think, or it, but they made it up for the show. They made it up for the show, but it's like based on gambling. Somehow. But before he says that, he's like, stop flapping your lips. We got to go find Earth, which is precious because flapping your lips just makes me think of another kind of lips. Oh, my. Can you flap those? I don't know. I That's why I, I can flap mine. I don't think I, don't I can have flap that kind mine. of control. But my point being is <laughs> I love the quick costume change. It's like he's a superhero and he ripped off his dressing gown. That's what I imagine. Oh, and happened. he had it underneath. No, I don't think that's what happened. But in my mind, he was so fast to get I that like uniform it. on. Mm. But I also want to acknowledge that Leah Dama did not have the shortest presidency in the verse. Zarek, Zarek did. did. And it's Zarek was president for about 10 minutes. And then Adama's like, no bueno. <laughs> but yes, let's roll the hard six. Let's fracking go already. Again, I'm going to throw in a podcast tidbit. 
they were like, yeah, we know that they would have usually sent out a recon mis- mission and all this stuff. And we're really anticipating that there'd be criticism about that. But also we think that people just don't really care at this point and they want to go to Earth. So we just threw in some they lines about... Were, right. Yeah. They just threw in some words about like the Alliance is fragile. And then they're like, it's fine. We can just go straight there. I think they're totally right. I think they are too. But I love that they acknowledge that. Yes. <laughs> I appreciate it. And also... No one wants a whole episode about a recon mission. Let's just get that was exactly correct. The people to the place. That's exactly what they said. So D, our girl, is like, everybody's ready to jump. And Adama's like, Madam President, we wouldn't be here without you. You give the order. And she says, take us to Earth. And then they all jump. They do. And they all are accounted for. They are. And Gator's like, the visible constellations are a match. And there's this beautiful blue marble in front of them. And Adama gets on the horn and he makes this big, fat Adama inspirational speech that we haven't heard in a while. And it was a little preemptive. And here are some things that happen. Okay. Lee Adama jumps on top of a table, not unlike Tom Cruise. (laughs) He does. And he he rips off his jacket and twirls it around and throws it. It's very Tom Cruise. A woman kisses a much older and less attractive man. Oh, that is um, Figursky. Yes. I don't know who. I don't remember who the woman is. She's much younger and more attractive than him, but fine. Gaius and his women lift up their arms to the sky. We laughed really hard when that happened. There is extra footage from Dirty Hands that's reused. And they tell us that in the podcast. I knew it. (laughs) I wrote it in my notes. They totally reuse that footage. Like there is no way they got themselves all the Hell way back to that no, factory they, they filmed in to film they those literally guys were cheering. Like we had the footage from that episode, and we are bringing it back. And that is really the only other ship that gets shown. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I love it. And now you know. But yeah, there's families and babies, and Ty is celebrating with a bottle in true Ty fashion. Um, but I do think it's like it's a big moment that Tyrrell is back with his son because Tyrrell yes. really I think all of them thought that they were going to die. The other thing that's really funny, two things from the podcast. Oh, also Kat, Starbuck goes to see Kat's yeah, picture. She's like, nice. we did it, girl. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, I remember you. So Ronald D. Moore said he built it up as much as he could so he could yank the rug under from under us as hard as he can and so they weren't sure if they were coming back which we mentioned before and actually to rile up the cic scene eddie almost gave a speech saying that they weren't coming back he was like this is it the show's not returning everybody needs to be jubilant this is the end this is what i want from you um and so i think all of those things are great i think that ronald d moore said when he was watching with the audience he felt really bad because he realized how (laughs) jubilant this scene was and everybody was really excited (laughs) only to go to the next scene (laughs) i love the next scene though yes and actually, this was all one take. Yeah, and there's a really long shot where they're beautifully all beautifully done, kind it's of walking through an incredible choreography. So yeah, there's a shot of all the like raptors and ships landing, which is actually I love seeing all the fleet together with the base ship. Yeah, like all jumping in, it's amazing. And then there's like 
a shot of a hand picking up dirt. Which is obviously Adama's hand because it's bandaged. Yeah. And then there's, I was trying, I couldn't remember the name of the thing that I saw so often in the recent hit mini series Chernobyl on HBO. Haven't seen it yet. Geiger counter. Look, I'm still. No, wait. Geiger counter is. Geiger counter is correct. Is that right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I could have told you that anyway. I couldn't remember the name of it. I studied radiography. I know about x-rays. I know about radiation. Ask me how. The captions provided that detail for me. And then I wrote, you maniacs. You blew it up. God damn you. Is that a God damn you all to hell. Except it'd be God's damn you, I guess, in this case. Uh, Yes. Uh, Very Planet of the Apes. Mm. Also, Ronald D. Moore talked about originally they were going to be like skyscrapers and stuff, but then they made it really old school. They did make it. Because like at first you just see what looks like. A um, beach. It looks like a beach and it also really looks like the the temple of what is it aurora that Mm. they were looking at at the beginning of the episode which brings us full circle wow and that looks really old and you're like maybe that was just one old building but Mm. when they pull out and they're all the buildings in the background they do look Mm. really old and temple-y as well which like so like okay i haven't made predictions in a while and i I, this is the episode where i was gonna ask you so i was i did it before i listened to the podcast just in case because you know what you never you? know what Ronald D. Moore is going to say. He didn't say anything. Okay. But I was... Okay, so it's either the future or the past. And even though at this point with like the hottest weather in so long in New York, I'm inclined to think that it's the future, I think that the past would be more interesting and unguessable. So I'm just going to say maybe it's that. Wait, you're saying it's the past or the future? I, I got the lost. The past. You think it's the past? I think that the future would be too obvious. Like okay. our future. Mm-hmm. I think our past is more like, I think it's easy to think that it's our future. Because of all the space science. Yeah, because of the science and just because, I don't know, post, I don't know. Anyway, that's my interesting prediction. Do you have, and I, I want you to just throw a handful of names out right now predictions mm. about who the last of the final five is just if you had to take a guess hmm and this includes like i don't know someone we've met before someone we've never met before like i just want to know where you think we're going with it okay i either think it's someone we haven't met before or i think it's an already cylon an already cylon like one of the seven. Oh, and the count is off I don't know. Or like one of the, like Caprica 6, for example. Oh, like there's an original mm-hmm. that the next models were based mm-hmm. on. Interesting. It could be that. Mm. Or if I was going to choose one of the humans, Starbuck, like it seems too obvious. But I feel like you could predict it was her. Otherwise, I don't really know. Okay. I mean... <laughs> Dama Roslin, I don't know. It seems, I don't know. The rules are all topsy-turvy. It could they be one are. of them. There are no rules um, anymore. Or just like, yeah, or just some random. Or maybe it's Gata. That would warm your heart, wouldn't it? Or if it was D and then she had something to do, I'd be really happy. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I, I'm just going to throw those ideas out there because I realize I haven't been doing predictions and it's because I'm scared to be wrong. And that sucks on a lot of levels. A, I could tell 
the episode where the final four were revealed, we had a huge spike in listenerships. And I really think it's because people are waiting to hear your reactions as a first time viewer. And actually, I have just listened to a new podcast because of that queer podcasting group you added oh, me nice. to, yeah. which is about the Vampire Diaries, which is a show that I love. It's a problematic fave. It's not problematic. It's just it's just trash, and I love it. <laughs> and there's a podcast called The Vampire Diaries Diaries, which I also just think is great. <laughs> and there's someone who's seen it and someone who hasn't, and I enjoy it's listening to her predictions so much that I was like, I've been really bad about them, so I'm going to try and give some every episode. All right. I don't hold you as accountable as Millie did also. I know. We we get off topic a lot. We, we're, we got a lot to say about a lot of things. We do. We're knowledgeable and entertaining. I think so. Do you have any predictions at this mid-season point that you want to call out for the where the second half of the final season is going? I am not actually... I just can't because everybody seems to have like it seems to be this crazy like people just it's just insane. So I I just (laughs) I don't even want to say anything. I mean, I hope Gator steps up and has a bigger role to play and D because I love them both. Uh, I feel like Earth is bleak, but I don't think that means that Earth is not habitable. Mm. Is this the start of our civilization? Is this the start of our post-apocalyptic civilization? We don't know. Time will Actually, tell. everyone knows except you. Look, some people haven't seen this show in a while. <laughs> Maybe we have a, a, a listener here or there. Yes, hopefully. Who's watching through for the first time. And I if mean, so, what a journey you're on yes. with our girl, Lisa. And maybe not now, but like maybe in a year. Like I often discover podcasts after they're finished. Yeah. And I actually really like to. Or when they're almost finished and I'm like, wow, I got to catch up. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of like that sometimes because, you know, they've gone through to the end because I have had some podcasts where they like stop halfway through. So it's kind of nice when you're like, oh, they're in season four. Not us. We are going to beast through this last season in a month. We are. I mean, we are going to finish it in a month. You will not finish it in a month. We will release them weekly. But and then who knows? I mean, we have to keep paying for this channel. So I might just release random content for you. Who knows? Anyway. Anyway, listen, I know we're almost through to the end, but if you haven't before and want to know, you can find us. You can rate us and review us on iTunes. You can throw us a little money on Patreon. There's lots of things you can do. But what about the counts? Well, what about the counts? I mean, I think at this point, we what silence didn't we see this time? That is actually the notes that I took mm. because we saw too, all of them. too many. We saw all of the Cylons except the Cavill, Simons, and Dorals who are famously on the other side of the Cylon Civil War. And we saw the France. only Deanna left in the universe. We saw two uh, hybrid, well, half human, half Cylon babies. And we saw all the other models. Frax, we have three from Styback, three from Ty, three from Adama, one from Lee. Bring us to an even 10. Nice. Yep. Great. Lovely. Well, we'll leave you now with uh, some toasters of a different variety. Back to
Them a 